This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. everyone. How are you? This is Kat and you're listening to Unlearned. So I know the episode is a little late, um, (laughs) but cool things were happening last week. Um, For example, our partnership with the Chicago Podcast Collective, which we are very excited for. And um, yeah, we're just like, I'm just, you know, through the moon. Uh, (laughs) So it's the holiday season and everyone's busy and everything's like kind of weird. Uh, I mean, like, cool things are, like, happening in the world. Uh, Black women showed Alabama what's up, which, like, someone had to, you know. Um, So I'm just, like, really proud that the last, like, the last year has just been so full of protests. And I'm just so happy to see people going to the polls and being like, not today, not tomorrow, Um, this is like some true mobilization and I'm just like head over heels. Like it's like, it makes this specific year less of a trash fire. Um, so thank you black women of Alabama for making me a believe again. (laughs) Um, so since it's like the holidays and you're just like, Oh, like cat doesn't have a guest host yeah because today i decided to do something like a little different but very much in the spirit of unlearn i have been like thinking about this story for months so like everyone loves to compare trump to nixon because they're both like paranoid and weird and unlikable and extremely corrupt But I think that there's someone else who Trump really reminds me of, and that is Harry Truman. And so I kind of just want to tell the story of um, how Harry Truman came into power and um, end it with discussing the atomic bomb, because (laughs) kind of looks like that is where our... uh, (laughs) world is heading and because you know another petulant child is in office and I think like temperament and personality wise um and intelligence wise Truman and Trump are like of cut off cut from the same cloth so I'm going to tell a little bit of this story um may put in a few like specific Trump story like like Trump reminders on why they're so similar but I think that once you hear the story it's going to be quite obvious. Okay. (laughs) So this whole episode will be the segment, true story, Truman to Trump, doomed to repeat the past. So this is basically what happened. In Chicago in 1940, FDR and Henry Wallace uh, were like up for their third term. And so a pinch of background, everyone knows like FDR led the nation for 12 years, widely popular, you know, brought in the New Deal, um, which is like basically modern day um, 
social security and welfare and really ushered us out of the Great Depression, which, you know, we recently went through a a massive recession, which Obama ushered us out of. So they kind of uh, made history, um, those two guys. So that's pretty cool. Uh, which I and it's it's pretty cool and like kind of makes sense that like this story it makes this story a little more interesting when you have a little bit of context so like Henry Wallace uh, was his VP for several terms and he was like he was just kind of this like smart awesome believed in human rights and like down to unionize workers and like down to give civil rights and, you know, really rocked for like poor people and people of color. And and he made a lot of enemies that way, which is super fucked up because, you know, obviously it's the 1930s, 1940s, everyone's still extremely racist and, and no one wants, you know, poor people and people of color to like have nice things. So, um, you know, even though they were under the Democratic ticket, Henry Wallace was just quite controversial due to like his anti-imperialistic views. Um, he delivered this speech called The Common Man, requesting equality among everyone. And so inside of the Democratic machine, Wallace had like all of these enemies who wanted him out. And FDR, like his health was like kind of in the garbage. Like honestly, he was he was struggling, you know. Um, and so as his health was like failing and like everyone knew it wasn't like a very well kept secret, it was they um the Democratic machine saw this as their opportunity to like keep Wallace out of office because like had things gone as planned Wallace after if FDR died in the 1940s Wallace would have um become become um our next president because you know a president dies and the vice president takes office or like the president's impeached for whatever reason removed from office I mean we all took like government in eighth grade so y'all should know that Anyway, uh, fast forward to 1944, and uh, there was a Democratic, there was a new Democratic convention in Chicago. So you got these like party bosses like uh, Edwin Pauley and Robert Hannigan and like Ed Flynn and like Ed Kelly. And like Ed Kelly is like the, who at the time was the mayor of Chicago. Um, and this convention was also taking place in Chicago. So, you know, hella corrupt, shady shit was happening. Like, I love my city, but this, this is so corrupt. Like, this is like so corrupt. Um, and when most of your governors end up in jail, it's just kind of like, ugh, whatever, you're used to it. Um, so, they, so the guy that they wanted uh, to replace Wallace, and like, Wallace wasn't trying to go anywhere, but you know, party bosses what are you gonna do they're gonna try to push you out they don't like you so uh they wanted to bring in this guy like their uh, um their pick was this like guy named bren who like basically was a monster <laughs> like i'm not gonna lie he was like uh he was pro 
he was well, like he was like pro lynching and anti labor, and so he was considered too controversial of a pick because he's not really someone that like somebody that the Democratic Party can you know get around. Because like, okay, how are you like pro lynching? Like, I know it's like 1944, but your your political stance is pro lynching. Okay, and, and he was from like North Carolina, so I guess it like kind of makes sense. But like, it's still that's stupid and petty. Anyway. Um, so the first Trump comparison to Truman, uh, Truman, uh, graduated high school and had three fell businesses, much, much like, uh, well, Donnie, Donnie Trump went to college. I don't, I'm not like convinced that he actually graduated on his own merit, but he also, he has multiple failed businesses. So (laughs) that's the first comparison. Anyway. Uh, so Tom, this dude, Tom Pendergast picked Truman to run for Senate after, um, like they needed Truman to like run for Senate so that, you know, like you'll learn a little politics and sweep him into like the role of VP. So, uh, they, this Truman, not their first choice. Like, honestly, they got rejected by four other people and they're just like, I don't know, like, what about this, like, Truman guy? He doesn't have a ton of enemies, so uh, maybe he'll work. And um, so, like, Truman ran for Senate. He won. That's not a specifically a significant part. Back to the Democratic Convention. Wallace was the overwhelming favorite and needed just like one nomination to qualify to be on the um, party ticket. So, so it's like one senator. He had like for some reason like senators have to like nominate you. I, I don't really know how this part of politics works, but bear with me. So the senator had to like go up and nominate him, and he's like cutting running through the crowd like this is just a packed to the brim like shoulder to shoulder people definitely a fire safety hazard um and so it's like one senator's like running through the crowd and he's just like i gotta i gotta put the nomination for henry wallace out there and so the so like one of the party bosses was just like oh fuck this guy's coming to like um nominate henry so so like we gotta we gotta adjourn the session so he goes up to the mic and it's basically like, how many people vote for this session to be adjourned? Year nay. And like everyone was basically like, nay. He's like, session adjourned because <laughs> corrupt shit. Y'all know, I already know. Y'all already know how they do. So that, so that day, Wallace did not get the nomination. But at Democratic Convention, it's not only one day, it's like multiple days. And the next day, um, Wallace did like the next day the political bosses they get on the phone they get on like telegraph machines like I I don't quite know what they're using in the 40s I'm pretty sure it's just like telegraph machines and telephones and they're like cutting all these deals they're making all these promises and they're just like yo we got this guy Truman he like we want him as VP like if this happens then I'm gonna I'm going to like get you this for your city or I'm going to get you that or this for your state. So, you know, making up, making it cutting deals, making promises, uh, skirting the democratic system, whatever. 
Okay. So Wallace was like nominated and um, so like they got up there, they nominated Wallace and the vote, the vote, um, they decided to like start the vote and the vote um, was between Truman and Wallace and Wallace won like Wall, like Wallace won um, by a good indisputable amount and he was declared the winner so the party bosses were like okay well we're taking another vote all of the by that time by the time they took another vote all of the deals and briberies from the morning had kicked in and they made sure that they um like did this after lunch so like a lot of uh henry wallace's supporters couldn't get back in like his delegates couldn't get back in um and like whole bunch of tons of like just shady corruption so the second vote happened and truman was the overwhelming victor i should also mention during this time we're in the midst of world war ii (laughs) that seemed really that's actually really important to the story we're in the midst of world war ii which is like why any of this is so so significant so we're in like World War II, FDR is meeting with like Stalin and Churchill on the regular. Um, they're trying to like figure out a way to stop Germany. They want to bring in peace. And so they're so they're making like major moves towards peace. And like FDR is just getting like more sick and more sick. Like his health is just degenerating. And so two months, so like one the one of the major steps towards pieces the yalta agreement and two months after the yalta agreement what uh that was created to usher in peace and to end the war um once it was signed fdr like two months after it was signed fdr died from a stroke like super sad really fucked up uh but you know he was sick and it's when you're sick it's Death is inevitable. I mean, even when you're not sick. That got like a little morbid, y'all. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, so at this point, Truman had been the vice president for like under three months. And um he's now the president. <laughs> so this like guy who grew up on like a peanut, like he's like a peanut farmer from Missouri with not not with like not even an inch of the sense that like god gave him and i mean he's like definitely a product of his times or he's just he's just like an old bigot and all that stuff but he's like not specifically bright and i think that's like (laughs) really important in that he's very naive and he's not very bright but he has he's so full of toxic masculinity that he has to like show that he is a tough guy so he becomes president a role he's clearly not prepared for he like if you go back and look at records he'll clearly state like i'm not ready for this i don't know what i'm doing like much like uh donnie's uh face on election night when he won he was like oh fuck what have i done that was very much true um (laughs) so uh all that so like these political hot shots saw this as like an opportunity to have influence on domestic and foreign affairs as well. Uh, and it was like well known that like Truman just like best, like just best 
in his mediocrity. Like he, he didn't care that people knew that he was mediocre, but like, you know, fake it till you make it. Unfortunately, he never made it. Um, <laughs> so you got this like incompetent boob who's like covering up all of his ignorance with like enthusiastic and passionate speeches. And if you look like, I think there's this movie, the movie Truman, um, it'll make it seem like, oh man, he was like such a great leader. This guy's so cool. Look how passionate he is in his speeches. All of that bravado was to basically show people, or it was just like to hide his sheer ignorance in running a country. <laughs> Much like Donald Trump. See, the comparisons just like don't stop. All right. So, so like Truman sought counsel from some of the more dubious Senate and cabinet members. He was told that Russia was planning on backing out of the Yalta agreement and he needed to show world leaders that the US was like not to be messed with. And like, Russia had no intention on backing out of the Yalta agreement. Like they need, like the the important part of that agreement is that, like at the time, we needed Russia with boots on the ground as much as they needed U.S. aid post war so that they can rebuild. Because like y'all, the de- devastation and destruction of World War Two is like outside, like just even outside of like my concept of war. It was just so, it was so brutal. Millions and millions of people died. World cities were like burned to the ground and bombed. It was just like, and I guess we were so separated and removed from that, like living in the U.S., which we're, we're all just like basically a world away from Europe and Asia. And there's just like complete and other devastation and destruction. Like it, oof, it was really bad. So anyway, uh, since he didn't want like the U.S. to be fucked around with, uh, <laughs> and since he had, you know, his puppeteers pulling the strings, this decision altered the course of world history. People with much more experience and common sense but significantly less influence, warned Truman that he shouldn't accuse the USSR of breaking their agreement. Um, And like Russia was like out there over delivering on the agreement. Like not only were they living up to every aspect and like invading Germany, they're over delivering on their promises. And to me, like, you want someone over delivering on an agreement? That's amazing. So it's, it's like, also, like, why are you even paranoid? <laughs> if they were like purposely under delivering, then you'd be paranoid. But like, they're living up to every promise. They're giving you a little extra. And you're going to be like, um, no, they're going to fuck us over. It's like, no, it's like agreement because like y'all need each other. But homie didn't really understand that and realize that. Um, and he had like all of these shady ass people in his ear. And so the Soviets like obviously held out their end of agreement. Like they fought and they lost millions, millions of their citizens until Germany finally surrendered. Like they devastated Germany. Like the, oof. I mean, there was like some also some really other, um, really shady shit happening. Like, um, 
they are basically sexually assaulting women throughout Germany in what they call it a rape campaign. So that's really fucked up on the USSR part. But like, that is not what this story is about. But I would implore you to do a little bit more research on that. Um, so Germany surrendered. Um, Hitler committed suicide. Uh, World War II, essentially over. But there was still the matter of the Pacific War, which like, was widely overshadowed because of World War II. Um, and the Pacific War was just like a, like Japan really just trying to take over Korea and China. No one really ever talks about that. Anyway, so, you know, Japan is like invading on these people. And ever since like Pearl Harbor, Pearl, ever since Pearl Harbor, probably even before that, like Americans like hated the Japanese, like hated, like they were just the in the, the media was flooded with anti-Japanese sentiment and they were often spoken about and perceived as subhuman. So like really fucked up. Um, and this really played a role with like why the atomic bomb was dropped on those and like on in Japan as opposed to like you know wherever Hitler lived. Like I don't like whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Obviously, a major part of this is a tribute to racism. Like, let me, okay, I'm about to read you a live quote from Truman, from former former President Truman. And like, yes, it's like 1945. Well, he wrote this like before 1945, before he was president. Like, But his views very much influenced the way that he treated people and uh, this quote is uh, riddled with offensive language towards uh, black people and Asian people. And uh, bear with me here. But here is a real quote for someone who ran the highest office. I think one man is as good as another as long as he is honest and decent and not a nigger and or a Chinaman. Uncle Will says that the Lord made white men out of the dust, niggers out of mud, and threw up what was left, and it came down a Chinaman. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Just like, soak that nonsense in. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and apparently he said nigger all the time, which like, no, why wasn't that in the movie? why wasn't that in the movie hollywood uh but you like whatever he's like a hardcore notorious racist much like donnie trump anyway so those are like basically his feelings on you know black brown and asian people that's that's just like yeah whatever so so it's like not a surprise that like this very simple man was a racist but with the power that he held to cause harm to a mass population, he was a giant threat. In the Roosevelt years, 
uh, Roosevelt criticized other countries for the bombings of defenseless cities. Like, cause this was like World War II, just everyone was like bombing every, every like European, Asian city. Um, like things are basically, these cities are just basically devastated and ruined. Um, and, and like America had this like moral high ground that did not last very long. So, since like World War II, where all these bombings to the major European and Asian cities, America quickly became desensitized to the horrors of the bombings and uh, initiated a tactic, a tactic known as terror bombing. So basically, terror bombing is when you bomb a, a city until like nearly everyone is dead and you do it like every day at a different city like you just you just go around just bombing the absolute hell out of everywhere which is disgusting you know but everyone was doing it so of course we had a we had a mercilessly <laughs> mercilessly bomb people as well because everyone was doing it um so, uh, like, literally hundreds. We we did terror bombing to hundreds and hundreds of Japanese cities. Hundreds. Like, near, nearly a thousand, um, to be realistic. And enter that, <laughs> enters the atomic bomb. So, at this point, the Japanese was, like, massively weakened. And, like, the Soviet Union just grew stronger and stronger. Truman wanted to like, like you, like Soviet Union, Stalin, growing stronger. They got a little bit of ego, and like Truman was just like, "Well, we gotta make the, we gotta make them more manageable because like, how are we gonna negotiate terms if like, you know, the Soviet Union can just take over anywhere and everywhere all the time?" Which was like, I, I mean, it was like kind of the case, but not really. Um, and so he was just like, "Time to flex those." Uh, bombing muscles and hit them with some uranium. Uh, so by the summer of 1945, Japan sought out peace terms with Russia and they asked Stalin to help them began, began a conversation with the U.S. and Truman and like, like less like there's like, oh man, like we fucked up. We're like, we can't do this anymore. Too many people are dead. Like, y'all like y'all win I don't I don't want to play anymore <laughs> and they and and yeah so basically it was like July and they're just like it was like it was like May June July there was like homie we went out we surrender we don't want to do this anymore the secretary of war told Truman um that like that they're they basically surrender y'all like you don't need to drop this atomic bomb it's completely unnecessary and pointless and barbaric and despicable and disgusting and like obviously the secretary of war wasn't the only person saying this um 
over a hundred of the scientists who created the bomb were all like, ooh, this shit's like really fucked up. And they signed this petition and they're just like urging Truman not to uh, drop this bomb or ever like ever put this bomb in use because it's like they were fully aware of the level of of destruction it would cause. Um, And then like a bunch of like war generals were just like, dude this is widely unnecessary they're like we don't need this bomb so a lot of really 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 smart people and people with experience and people with sense were all telling Truman like like really please do not use this please do not use this like it's absolutely unnecessary please don't drop this bomb so you know Truman, being uh, a person who doesn't like to be told what to do, much like uh, Donnie Trump. <laughs> so after like the Secretary of War was just like, seriously, dude, don't do this. Uh, Truman was basically like, there's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. And like was basically ro- like ready to fire him um, <laughs> because it's hard to keep a job in the Truman administration, much like the Trump administration. Um, so fast forward, August 6th, 1945, the atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. Um, Truman at the time was on a naval ship. And when he got the news, he went from like crew member to crew member being like, he was like all like jubilant and like high spirit. He's just like, oh, did you hear? We dropped the atomic bomb. Oh, did you hear? We dropped the atomic bomb like a, like a, you know, a little boy like trying to show off his like new spinning top or something. Like, oh, look what this, look, look what I did. Look what I can do. Like each like literally person to person on a naval ship bragging, bragging about using an atomic bomb on, on a country who has, who has been ready to surrender for months. Uh, I've been trying to come with to peace terms for months. Um, so three days later and they dropped, he dropped another bomb. Why? Who knows? I don't know why he did it. Um, but he was just like, well, I got another one. Just going to drop it. Uh, and everyone thought that like, that was, I mean like, okay. What people don't know and what they don't realize that on like around the same day, the uh, USSR and their massive army, massive army invaded Japan and like slowly had been taking over um, a lot of the land that Japan had captured in the um, Pacific War and like that day the same day that the bomb was, the second bomb was dropped, uh, the Soviets came in and just started fucking shit up, like, in one of the most massive attacks that Japan has ever seen, and they were, and and so Japan were like, yo, we surrender, like, we fully surrender, please stop attacking us, we fully surrender, like, we, these pieces, we're not negotiating anymore, like, here, white flag, we we don't want to, like, fuck around this anymore, so, like, Back in America, being a whole world away, everyone's just like, we won, we won, we dropped an atomic bomb. 
actually had like nothing to do with the ending of the war. But you know, uh, there's just sailors out there kissing nurses at Times Square. And there's just like, everyone's just celebrating and happy that the war is over. And then like all the troops are coming home. But the bombs were completely unnecessary. Um, and just like as repulsive and deplorable as like dropping the bombs were, it was done for solely for Truman's ego and not for the success or safety of the U.S. And I mean, if you ever look at the narrative, it'll definitely tell you different, which which is like why we unlearn history, isn't it, y'all? Um, but the dropping the bombs were just a way to show Russia that we out here and we got them arms. Um, and like, and like, if you know history, that's led to the Cold War where people were just basically building bomb shelters and hiding under desks for decades. Uh, so, you know, tr- little, little, little boy Truman trying to be like, the big man that he hoped to one day grow up to be um, <laughs> decided like basically just pissed off Russia and led to a generation terrified on the regular basis that they were going to get bombed. So was it worth it? Probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, history is really sad. Like when I said, t- man, history is like really sad. <laughs> It's like I talk about it. I'm just like, what is happening? But what I love about history is that it's this amazing opportunity to learn from past mistakes. And I would, and I <laughs> hope that um, we can like learn from the sins of our past and move forward in a smart, responsible way. Like. Let's not elect any more Trumans or any more Trumps. And let, uh, is, this is like super depressing. Well, I mean, yeah, no, the story is super depressing. And like, you know, let's stop repeating the past. It doesn't, we already know what's going to happen. Why? And, and technology is just so much more advanced now. I definitely, I just, I don't really want to see like what World War Three will look like. Anyway, um, that is the show. If you if you enjoyed uh, listening to like true story, um, and just like to learn a little bit more about like past like past mistakes uh, in in America's history, um, hit me up and let me know because I have like many more stories like this uh, <laughs> that I would love to share with y'all. That just like history is so cool and fascinating. There's a lot that they don't tell you. That's what there's a ton. Like who learned this in school? Who really like learned like the truth at, in school? Not me. They, you, I learned like you know the the lies, the whitewash version of history. So, um, thank you so much for tuning in. I will have another episode out soon, and I'm gonna have special guest uh and i have like a lot of cool shit happening for y'all in the new year so get ready um 
so if you haven't yet you can like us on facebook at unlearn you can follow follow us on twitter at unlearn underscore shy write to us at learnpodcast at gmail.com check out our website at learnpodcast.com thanks to james c green for our music our music and graphics and you can find us on your preferred podcast provider perhaps overcast i don't know maybe um hit subscribe and rate our show and like like it helps others find the show and like definitely give us a shout out if you can greatly appreciate it and you know major ups to post loudness who are putting on like have a lot of shows featuring talented queer female and people of color so definitely definitely check out post loudness shows and check out chicago podcast collective shows um and yeah we're excited for the new year um next episode one final slayer name for the year and <laughs> let's see how i've made no progress over the course of the year so that's fun anyway thank you so much for listening and see you soon bye post loudness <laughs>